Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, getting you ready for the Tar Heels game up in Boone against the App State Mountaineers. It's one of the most talked about games in week one of the college football season. And of course, the Tar Heels, they have played one game, App State. They are opening their season and the Tar Heels are looking to avenge the 2019 loss in Chapel Hill. Of course, a, a blocked field goal from Noah Ruggles. The difference in that game. Now Carolina looking to turn their fortunes around on the road against App State. And bring in uh, Josh Marlowe, who is, of course, back with us hosting once again today, our in-season host uh, and our you know off-season host for all things on the field and Buddy, here we go. This is one that we had circled on the schedule. We got the quote-unquote cupcake game, which I wouldn't even I, – I, I hate that term, especially in a game in week zero. A game's a game in week zero to sort of get yourself set. Um, but this is this is one of the most difficult games that Carolina will play on their schedule. I would probably label it one of the probably three most difficult Carolina plays on their schedule when they head up to – uh, the Rock this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this will be one of the more raucous environments that this team will play in. Um, and we, we saw this team, we've seen this team under Mac Brown in hostile road environments crumble um, two years ago at Florida State in a half, uh, you know, a, a half-field Dope Campbell Stadium. They got beat uh, last year at Virginia Tech to start the season. Um, that environment alone overwhelmed, you know, the team and the thing Mac Brown has said all 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 off season is that for this program to to take the next step um, and, and be the type of program we want to be, they got to win on the road. And while App State is a team that they should beat, um, this does provide a different test because it's a unique atmosphere. And even though App State's a Group of Five school technically, they they they're they're a program that has the type of pedigree. That um, and you're seeing it with with the line right now that 
if they were to beat Carolina, it would not be deemed an upset. So, um, you know, it, it it poses a different challenge. Um, it's something that Carolina is going to have to try to maneuver that 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 type of environment. But Carolina is a deeper, way more talented team. And um, if Carolina wants to have the season we think they can't have, this is a game that when it's all said and done, they should win. Yeah, and look, they're looking to get just a win on the road. Carolina has lost seven games away from Chapel Hill consecutively. It goes back to the Orange Bowl back in 2020 that they lost against Texas A&M. Of course, last year, we told you about that multiple times on the podcast, Carolina did not win a single road game a year ago. The closest they came in any game a year ago to winning on the road uh, was the game against Pittsburgh. So Carolina, I mean, these struggles have been just, I I mean, it, it was a huge story from last year. And the fact that Carolina was able to win as many games at home as they did a year ago was pretty much the only thing that saved that season from being a complete and utter failure and missing a bowl game. So uh, they've got to get things turned around. Look, the first two years wasn't great on the road, but, I mean, you still 4-3 and three your first season on the road, 3-3 three and three your second season. That is an area that, I mean, look, you've got to get back to that area first before you can take that step of winning consistently on the road. Uh, and this is a place where you started. You mentioned Carolina, the more talented team of these two, and look, they perfect day to discuss this. They came out earlier today, 24-7 Sports put out an article of the most talented teams overall uh, in the country, just based on their rankings and everything that are currently on the roster. Carolina has the 16th best roster. And if you look at the teams that are around them, most of those teams that are around them are either teams that have had a ton of success, teams that or you know maybe maybe aren't living up to the expectations of the program Miami USC but still are consistent eight nine win teams that's where Carolina's got to get to and they have the talent to do it now it's about actually proving that that talent um, can can win on the field and that's the hope that you know and it starts with this game. Uh, against App State. This is just the third meeting all time between these two teams, which I found pretty shocking. Um, I know, you know, App State, FCS program, um, but still, for this to be only the third meeting between the two teams uh, is pretty significant. Carolina back in 1940 uh, won the season opener against them 56-16, to and then, uh, of course, a few years ago in Chapel Hill, that game that we just told you about a little bit earlier that Carolina is trying to avenge, a 34-31 loss in Chapel Hill. This will be the first time that Carolina will travel up to uh, up to App State to play the game there, uh, and it is expected to be a raucous crowd. And I think that's one of the things that you know we have to discuss about this game really before we get into um, – you know, before we get into the actual on-the-field play, you mentioned last year uh, that the environment at Virginia Tech really seemed to overwhelm them. Well, pretty much every road environment apparently overwhelmed that team a year ago. But you're right. That game is probably the one that stands out the most. I don't think this one's going to be quite the same because, as we've mentioned, whenever Virginia Tech is really hopping, whenever they – um, you know, are, are, are feeling themselves and get hyped for a game. That's one of the toughest environments really in all of college football to go into, especially with the entrance. But this is setting up, this is expected to be the largest crowd in the history of App State football. 
Um, it, it is going to be a crazy environment that Carolina has to face tomorrow at noon. Yeah, and I mean, you know, or Saturday at noon. My bad. It's just something that, like, you know, it's it's why it makes them. It's, it's why it makes college football so great. Is that you have these types of games that Carolina. Um, we, we've seen them a lot on the basketball side of things. They'll go and play in these environments. It's very rare you actually see in college football Big Brother go play at Little Brother. Um, but it's something that Mac Brown's kind of made a point of emphasis. You just saw NC State and App State agree to these type of deals. And um, it, it's what makes college football so great. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, this place is going to be jacked up. And even though it's a noon game, you can imagine that that place will be um, drunk off its ass at 12 o'clock. They'll be ready to go. There will be a nice Tar Heel contingent in the crowd. But this is going to be a pro-App State uh, crowd on Saturday. And and their fan base believes, along with their players, that they can beat Carolina. Um, And a lot of them expect them to beat Carolina. So we're really going to see the maturity of this team. Um, You know, it was something that – you know, it was why it was so important for Drake May to, to, to play on Saturday. And it was really good that he played well because you didn't want his first experience being at the Rock on Saturday in a situation where if he didn't know how to handle it, you're, you're maybe losing confidence in him all season long. He has a game under his belt. He's played, you know, in a college football game, and he's played at a really high level. And so now this team does have confidence. They have answers on what to do. They have a, they have a rhythm in the offense already. And all that little stuff's going to matter because they're going to face adversity at some point on Saturday, and at least they know they have comps they can do X, Y, and Z right because they've already done so in one game this season. Yeah, and look, this is an App State team that, as you mentioned, not going to be afraid of Carolina. Of course, the day of recording, this is a a, a historic anniversary for them. Uh, it has been 15 years since uh, the win at the big house against Michigan on a blocked uh, field goal attempt. What I mean, that that's one that I think most people remember. But look, they've had a lot of success since then as well. Um, you know, Tennessee uh, back in 2016, they almost go there to Rocky Top and beat them. Fall short, 20 to 13. Uh, Wake Forest went. Uh, was that? I th- I believe that was. It doesn't say the article I'm looking at right now, but I believe that was in Boone, um, and they lost by one uh, to Wake Forest back in 2017. 2018, a lot of people will remember, uh, they went to Happy Valley, almost beat Penn State there, and then the next year, of course, they turn around and beat Carolina and South Carolina. So this is a team that has a history of doing this uh, two big-time programs, so Carolina's got to be prepared. Now, when you look at this version of App State, there's a lot of things that have changed about this App State team, but a lot that stays consistent, mainly on the offensive side of the ball. They do bring in a new offensive coordinator. Kevin uh, Barbe uh, comes over from Central Michigan, and he had a ton of success there last year. Uh, their running back, Lou Nichols the third, led the nation in rushing a year ago with 1,848 yards and 16 touchdowns. Um, through the air, pretty good success as well for, uh, for Central Michigan, averaging 265.4 yards per game and 31 uh, total touchdowns. Very dynamic uh, overall offense uh, that he, he had there, and you would imagine that's going to carry over here. As we mentioned, ton of success on the ground. Well, App State, 
uh, really one of the better running back rooms throughout the entire country. Uh, Cameron Peoples, Nate Noel, those are the two guys at the top. They combined for 2,052 rushing yards last season uh, and really were just outstanding. They were number two and number three overall in rushing yards per game in their conference and they expect to be two of the better running backs at the group of five level and really throughout all of the country, one of the better duos overall. They run behind an offensive line that's extremely experienced. Uh, four starters back from a year ago, including three-time All-Sunbelt honoree Cooper Hodges at right tackle. Um, so th- this is this is a group that has a lot of experience there. The one area that they don't have a ton of experience is the guys that Chase Bryce will be throwing to. Uh, and that's the wide receivers. Thomas Hennigan, uh, Malik Williams, Corey Sutton, and Jalen Virgil were all uh, super seniors a year ago. All of those guys are gone. So they have to completely redo their wide receiver room, which will not be easy for them. But yeah, you would imagine they are going to lean on that running game. And they've got a veteran quarterback that's still there. Chase Bryce is a guy. And here's the thing. A lot of Toriel fans I've seen are looking at Chase Bryce and pretty much just comparing him to what we saw when he was at Duke a few years ago when Carolina faced him. There's one problem. He clearly got better last year at App State. He was in a, a program that at this point, you know, I think it's safe to say was a little more stable. I think most people, including most Tar Heel fans, know that David Cutcliffe did some really good things in his time at, at Duke. The last few years at Duke, when Chase Bryce was there, weren't exactly the greatest. So I think there are people that need to realize that this is a different type of quarterback that's coming in here. It's a guy that's got more experience, and it's a guy that I think Carolina has to be prepared for in this game. I'm not saying he's going to completely take over this game. I think the running game is more of the concern, but you can't sleep on Chase Bryce either. Yeah, I mean, no, look, he he's an experienced quarterback. He's been he, he's he's seen a lot of different things. And the good thing about him is that the, the difference of why he really exceeded or excelled with App a year ago as opposed to his time at Duke was he was put in situations to succeed because they could run the football. So they could use their passing game, you know, and play action or they were always in favorable passing downs and and, and stuff like that. And that's going to be their goal this week is to run the ball not not on Carolina, at Carolina, because they're not going to be afraid to line up and run the ball 40, 45 times if Carolina can't stop it. And then just play action, pass us, short, you know, short game us to death, and then wait for something really to open up over the top. So that's why it's got to be important to, to really get up in his face and get him off settled. He's not a really physical, imposing quarterback. He's he's not very tall and stuff like that. So if you can really, you know, get interior pressure, you know, on him, it's really gonna make it hard for him to stand in the pocket and make throws. But none of that is possible if they don't take away the run game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know we talked to, you know, after last week Carolina gave up, you know, just fifty six rushing yards and, and twenty five of or twenty one of them came on one play. This is a different animal. This is a different unit. No doubt. You know, Florida A&M, they didn't really have any desire to run the ball. They, 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 their short passing game was their run game in a lot of a lot of forms or fashions. Not App State. John Clark is going to want to is going. They're going to want to run the ball early and often, and we'll see if Carolina's up to the task to stop it. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball, and the guy that's going to be highlighted here. You're going to hear this name a lot 
in the pregame, probably throughout the game, is Nick Hampton, their outside linebacker, returns. Uh, he's added nearly 40 pounds of weight since entering college, so a guy that has just so continued I. to add weight. I've added 40 pounds of weight since last year's uh, kickoff, <laughs> uh, I hate to tell you. Uh, he had 11 sacks last year uh, in 2021, which is tied for the sixth most amongst returning FBS players. So, this is the thing. Carolina didn't have to face the guy that was one of the leaders. I, I believe he may have actually had the most sacks a year ago in the country in Isaiah Land last week. Um, but they get a guy in Nick Hampton that we know is going to be out there, and this is going to be a much stiffer test than a week ago. Carolina's offensive line didn't allow a sack. Um, I, I thought they did a good job of preventing pressure. I saw somebody that... Um, I forget who it was that was talking, that was breaking down the game and basically said that there was a ton of pressure on Drake May the entire night. I didn't see that. Different game than I was. I, I didn't see that. But Carolina did a tremendous job, I thought, of protecting Drake May for most of the night. Uh, and I think that they they're going to be tested here. You're going to see this is going to be you know a chance whoever he lines up against uh, for for Carolina's tackles to stand up and show that they really are improved from a year ago, whether it's Awesome Richards, whether it's Spencer Rowland, eventually it could be William Barnes, whatever. Carolina's got to show that. Inside linebacker, they've got one of the better players there. Trey Cobb uh, was the only FBS player in 2021 with at least 75 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, three interceptions, and seven passes defended. So a very versatile guy, a guy that can drop into coverage um, and is one that Carolina's got to be aware of heading into this game. Now the thing is, is that this is the side of the ball that has to replace a lot. They have to replace seven of their primary defensive starters from 2021, including uh, linebacker DeMarco Jackson, who was a fifth-round pick, really, really solid player. Uh, also, a name that a lot of Tar Heel fans probably remember, wreaked havoc back in 2019 uh, against the Tar Heels. Demetrius Taylor on the defensive line is gone as well as Caleb Sperlin. So they have to replace both of their, uh, two of their biggest defensive linemen, I should say. And uh, they, they do have some guys down there. Uh, Jordan Earl was a guy that Mac Brown did point out, um, is a guy that sort of clears space in the middle. So that'll be a challenge that Corey Gaynor, uh, Ed Montalis, uh, and, and some of the you know other guys, whoever's playing over there at right guard, will have to face for Carolina. But this is the side of the ball where I think th- this is a matchup that Carolina probably likes to see, a defense in App State that will be taking the field for the first time this season um, with a lot of new pieces, new starters at least, in place while Carolina's offense had a game to sort of get their rhythm going, and they they, they looked pretty damn good the other night doing it. Yeah, and, and so we're really going to learn a lot about just how much this offensive line has improved when it comes to, to Nick Hampton and really handling that environment in terms of making the checks at the line of scrimmage and, and stuff like that. But but this is this is a defense that, um, like Carolina's was last going into last week's game, they're looking for answers that they don't have. And so Carolina's offense maybe does have a leg up in terms of, of, of how to attack them because they do have to replace a lot. Um, and so you, you might see a different game plan than what you maybe would have anticipated if this was a week one game, and Carolina already knows some, you know what what they've got, you know, in certain packages and and, and, and situations. So um, I think that's really going to be the chess match here because I do feel like this game is going to be 
Um, I'm not going to say necessarily a shootout, but I think it, you know it's going to take probably 31, 35 points to win. And you know this is a situation where you know we talked all offseason long, and I really stressed that I didn't think this offense was going to be in full form until maybe October because we didn't anticipate the quarterback being settled. Well, the quarterback is settled, and Phil Longo's offense showed last week what it's capable of doing. You got a more formidable opponent in App State this week, but they also have a lot to figure out themselves. So we were, we're going to see a more aggressive Carolina offense than I would have thought maybe three weeks ago. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how we do attack them. They do have talent on that side of the ball, but nonetheless, as you mentioned, they do have a lot of guys they do got to replace. Yeah, and again, that first game of the year, we heard it from our coaching staff, and it's something that we've heard from many coaching staffs across the league on the defensive side of the ball That is the first time that you are going full contact, full tackle against, uh, you know, somebody different. And and even in your own practices, you really don't tackle all that much. You play a lot more thud is what they call it, as opposed to tackle these days to try to keep guys healthy. So Carolina's got to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Meanwhile, special teams, not much there. Uh, Chandler Staten does leave their longtime kicker. Mini kickoff specialist Michael Hughes will have to take over the role, something that is certainly worth noting. Um, You know, Carolina is going through a similar situation right now with Noah Burnett having to take over. He was not tested the other night. Unfortunately, that's one of the areas you would have liked to see him potentially have to kick a field goal of, of, of some distance the other night. But we didn't get to see that, so uh, that's, an, uh, that's an area where both teams are uh, a little bit of a question mark heading into this game. Let's go to the Tar Heel storylines here really quickly. And I think, first of all, the biggest ones heading in are about the injuries for this team. And it starts with Josh Downs and Tony Grimes potentially you know, not being able to play in this game. Both guys are questionable. Um, as of right now, they haven't really said anything else about it. Mac Brown did not mention it yesterday in his press conference with the media. Uh, it seems like these are two guys that they are going to wait until game time to try to figure out whether or not they can play. Um, I, I think, look, not having one of these guys would be huge. Uh, not having both of these guys could really, I think, put some doubt in a lot of people's minds heading into this game. Yeah, and I mean, like, look... Um... I do feel like after last week that if Josh Downs isn't able to go, that Carolina has other people that can step up and make pass plays. And, you know, you mentioned that he had nine different receivers, you know, in, in, in that week one matchup. Mm-hmm. But how much of that was because Josh Downs was on the field and you could scheme other guys open? It's going to be a lot harder if he's not on the field, but that's where those tight ends come into use. Um, and Look I, at you just lighting up over there. Uh, you know, I think it's something that – you saw them last week kind of, I'm not going to say force it, but they emphasize the importance of those guys being involved in the offense. If Tony Grimes can't go, I, I do think you have you do have to have some questions about Carolina because, um, you know, that he, he is arguably their most talented defensive back. He does a lot of different things. Storm Duck last week didn't look all that great. Luckily, you know, you had guys step up and make plays, but there's just something about having that type of guy on the field um, and, and do all the things that Grimes can do. So if he can't be able to go, you could almost make the argument his absence would be just as big, if not bigger, if Josh Downs can't lace him up. Ooh, I, I 
I am not with you on that one. I I gotta tell you, if if they don't Did have you see Josh that secondary Downs, without, without, I mean, I get Tony it. Grimes last I week? get it. I think part of what it is too is that I've kind of come to terms in my in my mind. And again, this is not going off of anything. If it is a concussion, I find it very very unlikely that Tony Grimes and he will shouldn't play. play unless he's cleared. Of course not. Everything. No, 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 no. You you have to go through the concussion protocol. You need to make sure, especially with something like that, that you take care of it. Because if you don't take care of it the right way, your career will be over sooner rather than later. Um, the most important thing is the health of the young man. There is no doubt about that. Um, I I think I think with Josh Downs. The thing is, is you need you you know in this game you're going to have to put up some points. I, I think. Look, could this defense perform better than they did against Florida A and M? Certainly, it's the second game of the year. There's tape from the other night. There's things that they know they need to work on. And to be honest, I do think that there are that there is some truth to the fact that it did not look like Gene Chizik threw his best stuff at Florida A&M to a certain extent. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I I it you've got I feel like you've got to lean on the offense in this. I thought coming into the season this was going to be a game you probably had to score 30 or more points in to win. I I was even if the defense was improved, I did not feel like this was a game that you could win without scoring 30 or more points. So I think that's that's got to be the game plan. And in order to feel confident in that game plan, I feel like you've got to have Josh Downs out there. Because as you said, if he's not on the field, who is that guy that's attracting attention? I mean, look, you had some guys that did some really good things the other night. And I, I, I said it when we were recapping the game. Drake May did exactly what I saw him do in high school. He spreads the ball around about as well as any quarterback that I have seen. He is a guy that does not lock in on receivers. He takes what is given to him, and he can do it at all three levels. That's what makes him so intriguing as a player and why he's drawing comparisons to Trevor Lawrence. But you've, if you've got a guy the caliber of Josh Downs in your wide receiving core, you need that guy to be out there, especially in a game that we feel is as crucial as this one. With Tony Grimes, look, you already played almost a whole game without him, too. So at this point, you know that you've potentially got other solutions in that room. My, uh, you know, Balfour and Duck have to step up. You know, I feel more conf- I feel confident in Duck. Um, and it's nothing against Balfour. It's that we've seen Storm Duck before. I feel like he can recover, especially if Carolina is going to play more man-to-man defense. That's probably more his strength. Um, but you, you, I feel like there are other guys that you can count on in this room, including one of the guys that is returning, another one of the big storylines for this game, Legend Cavazos, the transfer from Ohio State. Looks like he will be able to play. Mac Brown said yesterday in his press conference that Cavazos is quote-unquote well. Um, that's a phrase that pretty much he uses for when guys are back to full strength and in practice. Uh, it looks like he is going to be able to play unless there is some sort of setback. And, look, I I doubt he starts because he is just now getting back to practice. I don't know if he returned on Monday. Mac Brown wasn't specific about that. But even if he did, only four, 
yeah, four days of practice and a walkthrough, you're probably not going to start him. He does give you an option that you can rotate in. Marcus Allen, a true freshman, saw some time late in the game. So I, I feel like there are options there. Not saying there aren't at wide receiver, but I think that's one that you, you really – I think you really need Josh Downs, and I think part of it for me is that I've come to terms with Tony Grimes is more than likely not going to play. I, I put it this way. I would be stunned if Tony Grimes plays in this game. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I think the biggest thing is that, um, you know, Carolina's at a place now with the way that you've recruited and stuff like that to where you would hope if, if those guys are missing, you know, if they're not able to go, you've got guys that can step up and make plays. I just wonder with Tony Grimes if he's not able to go. He's such a big part of of what Carolina can do sometimes in the run game because he is a physical corner. If 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 the other guys can step up and make plays, because as we mentioned earlier, we know App State's going to run the ball at Carolina until they stop it, and they're going to throw the ball quick. Yeah, it worked last week for Florida A and M. You don't think that they've seen that on film? They're going to challenge these guys to step up and make tackles. I I agree with you. I just think, you know, Carolina, the hope is that Carolina saw that, which they had to have, and they are working on that in practice. Um, but, hey, over over to the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but Drake May, these freshman running backs, they, they are looking to build off of a strong first game. Now, this is a, this, this is a step up in competition, no doubt about it, but you're talking about guys that put up historic performances – with May, five, you know, five touchdowns in the game, 75% completion percentage, second quarterback in the last 15 years to do that, only other one being Jameis Winston. Um, of course, you had Amari and Hampton, 101 yards on the ground, first freshman to run for 100-plus yards since Charlie Choo Choo Justice did it back in 1946 in their first career start. Uh, so Carolina's got some guys that are coming off great performances and are feeling confident heading into this game. And look, that was the thing that we were looking for the most from this offense last weekend to prepare themselves for this weekend where they are going to need to be confident going up there. Yeah, the the biggest thing for them to continue, you know, their, what they did so well last week is stay ahead of the chains. Carolina did not have a negative play in last week's ballgame. That's why they were kind of able to dictate what they wanted to do in the run game, in the pass game. It's going to be really hard to replicate that because of the step up in competition um, from you know Florida A&M to App State. But if they can consistently just stay ahead of the chains and avoid negative plays, avoid penalties and stuff like that, I, I think those guys showed you last week why there was so much hype about them coming in, why – you know, Drake made, you know, flipping from Bama to Carolina was such a big deal. And why, you know, the two freshman running backs, you know, were drawing the comparisons that they were. So as long as Carolina can can kind of do those same things again, I'm not saying Drake May is going to throw for five touchdowns. I'm not saying that Amarian Hampton's going to run for 100 yards. Feel free. But, but I, I still see those guys being successful because – um, Phil Longo, I think, knows how to use, use those guys. And as they showed last week, they're just too damn talented to not make plays on the football field. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think the biggest thing is to make those guys feel comfortable again. It's on the offensive line to open those holes that they did late in the game in the second half. Um, and, and, you know, if it takes wearing down the defensive line of App State. They did it throughout the night against Florida A&M. This is a step up in competition, but 
have the same game plan. Wear those guys down up front. Keep your quarterback upright for most of the night. Um, Like you said, it's going to be nearly impossible to replicate a game where you did not allow a negative play. That's, I mean, that's something, especially against any Power 5 or any any FBS competition is going to be tough. Primarily a team that in, in App State, when you look at the group of five, I mean, we can agree they are probably one of the three or four programs that are closest to being a Power 5 program out of the group of five. So I think, you know, Carolina's just got to come in with the mindset of winning on first and second down. They did that last week. It put them in in winnable situations on third down. And that was one of the things that this team struggled with at times last year. They've got to be able to do that again in this game if they want to be able to win this one. The defense, meanwhile, they look to rebound from some struggles from week one. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, That secondary definitely had their struggles, but it wasn't just the secondary. The defensive line really looked inconsistent. I wouldn't say they were bad. The pressure numbers were actually pretty solid from this group. Kamen Rucker was one of the guys that a lot of people, you know, throughout the scouting world were sort of pointing out had a really big impact when he was in there. Noah Taylor looked pretty good. Um, It's just, you know, Carolina, honestly, part of it is also on that secondary to help out the defensive line in the fact that the secondary has to come up and make tackles. They've got to force uh, this App State team to have to drop back, and when they do drop back, they need that defensive line to get pressure. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, if if Carolina's defensive line plays the way it played last week, I don't think Carolina's going to win the game. Because I, I do feel like even though they gave it 56 rushing yards, it was a byproduct of the offensive attack. And I know that those pressure numbers may have looked good on paper. When you go back and watch that game you know, with your eye, I don't feel like Carolina's defensive line ever really had a commanding presence in that game. And that's what should have happened, mm-hmm. and that's what should happen this week. Because I'm tired of hearing about how talented this group is and they're not out there dominating. And this is going to be a situation where App State's not going to fear those four or five-star guys that are on a defensive line. They're going to run right at them. So we're going to learn a lot about, you know, just how strong and, and what type of will this defensive line has. Does does, Dev, does Des Evans do a good job setting the edge? Or does he just take plays off when, when they're in run games? It's been something he's done in the past. And so it, it's really going to be – a good chance for this defensive line to really shut guys like me up and, and and really say that you know we are a different unit because right now we're we're still having the same questions and the same worries and is this just another year of all talk and no walk? Um, this will be a good chance for them to answer that because they're going to have to get off blocks and make plays in the run game. We 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 stressed how important it is to to get interior pressure up up and chase Bryce's face and, and it'll be a situation where if if, if they don't get off blocks and they don't get pressure on the quarterback, it'll be another long day for that Tar Heel defense. And like you said, I I think that was the best way to put it. It was a group that, if you look at the numbers on paper, they had a pretty solid day. If you watched the game with your eyes, it didn't look nearly as dominant. And look, maybe the expectations are too high for this group. I don't know. But um, for me, I'm not even looking for them to be dominant. Uh, you, I, I want to see this group win 
the majority of the reps. I want to say, and and it has been a while since they have done that. I want to see this group win those one-on-one battles. And look, I thought they got off to a good start with that. I thought, you know, you saw Noah Taylor, his first one-on-one battle, won it, got the sack. But you need to see that more consistently for this group. And then, you know, just as a whole with the secondary, you need to see those guys be, be better closing on the football. They weren't good at that a week ago. Um, especially if they're going to be in more zone situations, which is very, very possible. Um, it, it It's poten- potentially because they do not trust this unit on the back end to not allow the big play if they are locked in one-on-one coverage. And I, I think you also need to see this group just tackle better. And that's not just the secondary. That is pretty much everybody as a whole. There were guys that played really well the other night, Power Eccles, DeAndre Boykins, but there are guys that – really need to clean things up from the other night. And again, I, I said Mac Brown talked about it and other coaches have talked about it. There are struggles in the first game of the year for just about everybody when it comes to tackling because that's the first time that you are hitting somebody else. But you need to see Carolina take a step forward there. That was one of the big issues a year ago. It was one of the big focuses from Gene Chizik and his staff in the offseason. You need to see, start to see some of that stuff pay off. So, we're going to take a quick break here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And when we come back, we give you the keys to a Carolina win on Saturday. And we give our official predictions for this game against App State. Stick with us. Come back right here to the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey, everybody. Josh here. Head over to HeelToughBlog.com. We'll be getting you ready for Saturday's matchup with App State. And also be on the lookout for a basketball article about the next freshman phenom for Carolina basketball. All that and more, HeelToughBlog.com. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter, make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack Zubber two for our recruiting analyst Zach Hubbard. 
guys. Welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnotta, your host with you. Josh Marlowe uh, as well. And it is time to give you our keys to the game for a Carolina victory. And this is one that I think is pretty self-explanatory. Just about every week, you're going to be able to probably write this one down. But I feel like, especially in this game, with how much we've talked about the run game for App State, uh, what we want to see Carolina do offensively, uh, it is important for Carolina to win the line of scrimmage on Saturday. I think primarily when you look at this key, it is really more so on the defensive side of the ball for Carolina than the offensive side. You want to see them win there, but you need this defensive line to be able to stop that run game for App State, or it could be a long day. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I I do expect Carolina's offensive line to I'm not gonna say have their way, but I do think they will control the line of scrimmage as we expect them to. It's all about that defensive line. It's it's really gonna set the tone, and I and I think we're gonna know kind of early on if the, if if this defensive line brought their jock strap or not, and then we'll kind of know in that middle of the first quarter what type of game this this is going to be. Because I do feel like if they can stop the run, they can set the edge, and they can get after the quarterback, they can dictate the game on defense the way that they need to to let their linebackers and their secondary uh, playmakers kind of make plays. If they don't, this could be a game where Carolina's exhausted in the middle of the third quarter and they're trying to arm tackle because App State just pounds the rock right at them. Yeah, and and look again. We talked about the talent down there. They have the talent to win on the line of scrimmage. It's now about actually doing that, and you know, forcing this group to have to. Really, what you want to do more than anything, you want to make Chase Bryce beat you through the air. Um, there's been so much talk this week, as we mentioned earlier, about. Chase Bryce being a guy that most people feel extremely confident in Carolina being able to pummel and being able to force into mistakes. Well, in order to do that, you're going to have to stop this run game. You're going to have to stop the short passing game. That's the thing that Carolina has to be able to do, and that's that. all of that starts up front on the defensive line. If they don't do that, it's going to at least be a track race, and you don't want to put that pressure on your offense if you don't have to. If you can make this easier on your your young offense, then you need to be able to do that. The second key to this game is limit self-inflicted wounds. Mainly, when you think of this, and Carolina over the last couple of years, it really hasn't been turnovers. Carolina's had those games, you know, first game of the year last year against Virginia Tech, Carolina struggled with turnovers, same thing in that loss to Georgia Tech. But for the most part, Carolina's done a good job of taking care of the football from a turnover perspective. The problem has been the penalties. And the other day, five penalties, 45 yards, that's something you could live with if they can make that consistent throughout the year. This is going to be one of those high-emotion games. There's going to be moments where uh, App State is going to have momentum in this game. It's about keeping a level head, not taking those silly penalties. And then the other thing is those turnovers. Carolina has to avoid turning the football over in this environment, giving this environment either more life or putting life back in the stadium if Carolina is in control of the game. Uh, and it's against a team in App State that has been one of the better in all of college football at creating turnovers over the last few seasons. So Carolina, they've, they've got to limit 
the, the damage that they do to themselves, something that has cost them countless times, especially on the road over the last few years. Yeah, because let's just be point blank and simple. If this team commits penalties and they turn the football over, they won't get beat. There's a good chance they get blown out. And that makes for a long bus ride back to Chapel Hill. So um, I, I did think we saw a positive step in penalties last week. You know, what Matt Brown deemed the the, you know, the, the, the blue team guys, um, which does include backups, as we do know, they only committed two of those five penalties. So that was a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, we also noticed, you know, turnovers last week. The, 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 those didn't happen either. And so they're going to need to play a clean game. They're going to have a false start here, a holding penalty there, because those are almost inevitable in football. The problem was was the last last couple years they were at the wrong place at the wrong time, and the offense would literally just deconstruct from that. And so this is – in a lot of ways, uh, a, a really good chance to showcase how much this program did mature over the offseason because we've heard about how hard they've been coached. You know, going back to the start of, of spring ball or, or, you know, winter workouts in January 6th. And so we saw a little bit of that last week. We're really going to see this week if, if Carolina has changed because I think if they have changed, I, I do see them winning the game. If not, and this team goes out and they commit penalties and they commit turnovers – It'll be an eighth straight loss away from Keenan Stadium. And what was one of the things that we talked about earlier? First and second down. In order to have success on first and second down, you can't be taking penalties to put yourselves in those long-yarded situations on those early downs, leading to third and medium, third and long. You want to give this offense a chance to move the ball easy. And one of the other keys to this game, and this one is not really one that is that easy to... It's it's not one you can guarantee. It's not something that you you, you know you can do in this game, but you kind of need it in this game. And to me, it's Drake May has to stay in the rhythm that he is in, carrying over from Florida A and M. Now that doesn't mean that he has to play as well as he did in that game. That is going to be unbelievably difficult to pretty much to to build off of, um, not build off of, but to replicate. I think what you need him to do is to build off of it. You need him to be the guy that um, you know can kind of carry that confidence into this game and continue to do the majority of the things that he did in that first game of the season. Not saying there's a lot of pressure on the young man, but in order for Carolina to win this game, it feels like you need Drake Maine maybe not to have a special performance, but you need him to be pretty good once again in order for Carolina to come out of out of this game with a win uh, and heading back to Chapel Hill. I'll take it one step further. I think it's the whole offense. They've got to stay in rhythm and really build off of what they did. That was the whole reason you played the game last week was to find some answers to figure out what works and what doesn't. And look, it, it wasn't like it was a fast start either for Carolina. They did go three and out, you know, the very first possession – of the game, and before that long scamper by Drake May, they were looking at another punt, you know, scenario on that second drive, and so it's going to be kind of what I said earlier, just staying ahead of the chains, you know, try to avoid having negative plays. Um, I do feel like if they can run the ball, that'll go a lot in terms of Drake May being able to build off of what he did last week, because even though he did throw the ball 37 times, they were kind of dictating those throws because they weren't an obvious passing down and distances and stuff like that. 
I think Drake Mays, I think he proved last week he's got what it takes to be a big-time quarterback at this level. I don't know if we're ready to put the ball in his hands and say, go throw it 45, 50 times and go win us the game. Well, that ain't going to win you the game. We saw that game playing back in 2019, which is what I think this offense will resemble a lot throughout the year. It didn't work. It didn't work on the road at Virginia Tech. It didn't work to a certain extent in the game against App State that you lost in Keenan. So that that can't be the game plan, but you need your quarterback to be confident in this game. That when it comes to making those third down throws late in the game, he, he feels like he can make those throws. And, can, and, and to your point, yes, he's got to be able to trust the other guys uh, on this team, but I, you, you need that signal caller to be locked in. So let's get to our predictions for the game, buddy. First trip up to Boone for Carolina. It's the first time on the Rock in a raucous environment, one that is probably going to be the biggest crowd in App State football history. Do you think Carolina comes away with the win? Um, You know, had we done this – you know, two or three weeks ago, I think the answer would have been no. Because two or three weeks ago, I didn't think Carolina's going to have a quarterback. I thought we were going to still go into this game having to figure out who our starting quarterback is going to be. But we know who that guy is. That guy is going to be Drake May unless, you know, something were to happen to him health-wise. And I think, I think Mac Brown knows, and he'll never admit this, that a lot of our belief in him in this program is riding on this game. Like if, if you go to Boone and you lose, you're you're gonna lose a fraction of your fan base. And and, and I I think I think that that's why they're stressing so much about this game because in a lot of different ways, I'm not saying his job is directly on the line, but it could very well indirectly be on the line. And and I think, you know, there are guys that were on this roster that experienced losing to this team in 2019, and it wasn't a good feeling. Um, and I know us as Tar Heel fans, we don't have to listen to the Mountaineer fan base run their mouth. Before they then come over to our side for basketball season. Hey, that's all welcome. Luke Combs is is one of those types of guys. Well, Luke Combs ain't talking trash. Luke Combs also produces great music. You want me to like you as an App State fan, produce great music. So, I'm I'm going to pick Carolina. Because, I mean... Dare I say, Homer pick. No. As you have said to me multiple times on this podcast. You know what, though? I like it. No, you. This you, is what you, you always you always homer up. This is what you need to do, though. It's no. you want to believe in this team. I know it's hard. I know they have let you down sometimes. But this is the reason that you are a fan of the team. This is a reason that we have done this podcast. That we write about this team. Well, you a- got these actually, are the moments where you've got you want to believe in the team. Actually, I I do the podcast. And Here we I, go. I write. For what? It ain't for a paycheck. Because I thought I was going to get paid, and four years later, I ain't seen a damn dime. So I'm really starting to Wait, reconsider. Where's my Where's my paycheck on the basketball side of things? By the way, still processing. Yeah, to be determined about. There we that. go. There so, we go. Um, and I mean, like, look, yeah, it, this this is kind of this is kind of the last straw for for Mac Brown. Like, like if, if if you lose this game, you're gonna have a really hard time selling people. You know to come to come to Keenan Stadium because if if you can't beat App State, how many ACC teams are you going to beat? 
So, um, but I, 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 I do think the Carolinas they, 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 they got more talent. They're deeper, and I think Drake May will be the difference because I do think he's already better than Chase Bryce ever thought of being. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like you know Drake May instills a lot more confidence after last week. I mean, I think a lot of people were pretty confident in him coming into last week. Uh, after they made the decision, I think a lot of people believed all along he would be the decision. But I think last week showed them some things with him, with the freshman running backs, with the offensive line. Um, it's, you know, look, that defense is concerning. There's no doubt about it. But I think there are still people, and I think it's right that you should not completely toss everything away based on what you saw last week in terms of your belief in Gene Chizik in Charlton Warren, and the ability for this defense to make strides this year. Um, It's something that is not going to come overnight for this unit. I think that we did not really know as fans. And, you know, to a certain extent, I don't even think most of the media knew how bad things really were on on that side of the ball, really just throughout the team as a whole, culture-wise, last season. So... I think it is, you know, it's going to take time. It was the first game of the year against a team that was relative unknown. This team is going to be a little more known because of that 2019 game and because there are, you know, a lot of guys that will be known quantities on this team from, you know, watching film and really just watching that team over the last couple of years. I think Carolina is going to be locked in. And here's the other thing that I think factors into this game that not a lot of people are going to talk about from a Carolina perspective. I feel like this is one of those games, and I mean, I, I, I think you would agree with me. This is one of those games where we've heard the entire offseason, most people are picking App State to win this game, mm-hmm. and have been. That's, that's, they, they, thought, they saw it as an upset. Most people wanted this to be a line that favored App State, and now it is. And I think that Carolina has heard that this entire offseason, that needs to be fuel heading into this game. I'm choosing to believe that it will be, and I think Carolina comes out with the win. I'll go 31-28. Carolina wins this game over App State. Did you have a Did you have a score? 35-31. Tar damn heels. So right. So pretty much almost a nearly identical score to the one in Keenan just reversed. I'd say, yeah, I think it's going to be probably in that range. So there you go, guys. Those are the predictions for the game. And we're going to have that full preview for you on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. It's going to be everything that you guys need to know. So make sure you guys head over there and check it out. Uh, It'll be, uh, you know, the team breakdown, all that great stuff, along with the team stats. Uh, We will have the injury report and the projected depth charts. We will not be including keys to the game in there this year. I am going to release that as a separate article. Um, it'll probably come out either Saturday mornings of the games, uh, but in, a, in the case of this type of game, which is a noon kickoff, I will come out the night before. So make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that stuff on the website. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Josh for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Tar Heels!
Hey guys, Anthony here. We want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.